Melbourne AA Steps Weekend 2007. This is Myers talking about Step 12. You guys are nuts. Uh, I got a... I got a, I got a little preparation here for my... Gold pies, yeah. Okay. You know, it's just, it's sort of disgusting. Four days ago, I didn't end, I didn't even know the sport existed, and now I've been sort of elevated to a status of uh, rabid fan. And uh, golly, it's a good thing I don't live here. I tell you, it just golly. I get up this morning, it's sun up, and I'm scratching around for a newspaper so I can find out how it went last night, and I'm just. Uh, it's fairly disgusting. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I know. Oh, guys, I, I got to tell you, um, you know, there are places that I go for the conferences that I want to travel in, and I'll go in, talk to 2,000 people in a state conference, and, I, and I'll go back to the airport, and I will have met three people. And, I, and I, I don't know anybody there, and I'm just kind of in and out, do what, do what I do, and, and then leave. And then it happens a lot. Uh, and I travel sometimes, and it's just, I just can't wait to get home. I mean, it's just a, you know, I'm five days away from home, and I miss my wife, and I miss my kids, and I miss my dog, and I'm, I just, I want to be there, and yet there's a part of me that wants desperately to stay here. I've met some of the kindest, gentlest people that I've ever met in my whole life. I've met guys that are in the trenches doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing. I've met more big book oriented guys here than any other place I've ever talked to. And I've been all over the world. And I'll tell you, it, it blows me away. Um, I'm, I'm delighted to know you. And it's just the, the coolest thing to be shoulder to shoulder with a bunch of guys like you. For you guys that drove to Frankston last night, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you being there. And, and uh, I'm always shy enough that I'm always in... Uh, full of enough anxiety that when somebody says, come talk at our deal like this, I'm always afraid that I'll get there and nobody will be there. You know, there'll be the guy that asked me and me and that's it. And I've just got... <laughs> and, it's, and it's happened. I've done the steps like that before and it was like that. You have two people show up and you go, golly, you know. Room was full last night. There was a bunch of guys in there. And, I, I, the, and this kind of conference, most of the conferences that I go to, they end this thing at noon. They don't ever carry on to the afternoon on Sunday. And, and I thought, well, well, there'll be six or seven people here this Sunday afternoon to do this stuff. And this room is as full as it was Friday night. There's a, a bunch of guys here. Um, for you guys that just shared, bless you. Uh, it's such good and succinct stuff. And for all you guys that stood up here and, and, and uh, took the thorns and arrows of criticism and, and, um, and carried a message of hope to, to, to all of us, thank you so much for doing this stuff. Um, the uh, step 12 stuff is it, it, if I had if I had one reason to travel if I had one reason to stand up in front of a group it's about this it's about this stuff that we're getting ready to talk about um, because if there is an area in AA that takes short shrift it's this it's like everybody comes and they say I, I, I I'm cool about the idea about recovering I'm cool about the idea about working the steps and I'm cool about all that stuff and they are cool with it right up to the point that you say, Hey, mate, there's some responsibility that goes on with your recovery. You see, there's some things that go on with this thing. Once you have recovered, you have a responsibility to get off your little scrawny bike. I'm delighted that I don't drink, and I'm delighted that, that I feel better. But I don't, 
I don't want the scrutiny of being a sponsor. I don't want the scrutiny of carrying a message to somebody else. I don't want, and part of this stuff is born out of pure fear on my part. I don't fully understand what my responsibility is, and so, and a lot of us go through that same deal. A lot of us have that same problem that we carry into this thing. Um, some of you guys, like on Friday night, we were talking about this thing. See, I, 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 I have my seven-year debacle in, in, in my middle-of-the-road AA group, and, and these people are trying to love me into recovery, and it didn't work in, and I'm just getting goofy and goofy. And I, and I finally got in with these guys over at Primary Purpose Group, and they, they still love me, but they still held me accountable. And accountability is a weird thing if you've never been held accountable. It's just a... Yeah, I did say I'd be over there. And so you go do this deal. And so, but remember me telling you the story about the, the, being in that meeting and there was this guy that was going, um, I was sitting in the meeting one night after I'd been there close to two years and, and I'm just kind of looking around the room at these people's faces and I'm looking at them and I'm going, huh. There's still something hugely different, something tangible between me and them, my co-members of this group. And what was different about it was was that I had spent, managed to spend two years studying, getting comfy, getting all gathered up intellectually, but I'm not willing to go do anything in terms of 12-step work. i got a thousand reasons why I can't go carry a message out to the Salvation Army on a Friday evening or why I can't go over to the hospital on Sunday to the detox or where I can't, whatever the deal is. i got a thousand excuses, and I see this all the time. But the, the trouble with this thing is, guys, is that it's like... Um, I don't know, it's like going to dinner and having a big old cup of water and you're sitting there like this and the dinner's right there and the buffet's all right there like this and you're just sitting there drinking this water and you're going, God, this is, this is killer water and, and everybody's just eating and having a great time but you're always feeling just separate and apart from the rest of the stuff. They're getting the good stuff and I'm just, I just get the water and, I, and I'm getting kind of resentful about the whole thing. How come they're so happy? Well, because they're doing the work. They're doing the stuff that they're supposed to be doing. So I had this conversation with Cliff in this little parlor like this, and that's the night that he told me to get out of here if I didn't want to do this stuff. And I told him, you yeah, know, thanks, okay, and I'll, I'll do it. So this is a Tuesday night, and he says, all right, tomorrow night's Thursday, uh, Wednesday night, we're going to want you to go to Salvation Army and carry a message. And I went, oh, any, any place but the Salvation Army. I, I just, you see what I'm saying? I mean, I mean here's my opportunity to do 12-step work, and I'm already to a point of trying to dictate where he's going to send me. You see? <laughs> I already know what's best for Myers. I'd been I'd been mugged a couple of times in Houston for being in places that I had no business being by black guys in Houston, and so I had this underlying fear of black men. I mean, I mean, and so the Salvation Army is full of black men, and I'm going I'm going to go over there, and I'm going to, and I'm I'm dreading the whole thing. So I go over there and I get out of the car like this and I screw my courage to the max like this and I get my book and I walk in like this and there's a room with 160 men all black, and all sitting there just like this. All of them with sunglasses on. And I'm, a, I'm just like, could there be any place more uncomfortable than it is in this room getting ready to do this talk? And so I, I stand up and I do my talk and we get done. And some of you guys have heard this story, but it... it it probably bears repeating. So we, we, we get done with a talk like this and we're, 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 we're all joined up doing the Lord's Prayer at the end of the deal like this. And when we get ready, when we get finished like this, we all drop hands. And I drop these two black guys' hands like this, but they don't drop mine. They're holding on to me like this and I'm going, oh, oh, I'm, I'm, 
oh, this is when they crush me. And I, and this guy says, um, you know, I, I've been around for a long time and I've been in and out of institutions and this is the very first time that I think I understand what it is I'm supposed to be doing in Alcoholics Anonymous. I think I understand what I've been doing wrong. Is there any way you could come back over here uh, like maybe tomorrow and do this again? And I, and I, I just, yeah, I will. And I, you know, and, I, and I walk out like this and, I, and I, I get back in the car like this and I'm calling Cliff on the way home and I'm saying, you know, Clifford, the strangest thing happened. They asked me to come back over and do this same thing tomorrow. And he said, oh, terrific, I'll see you later. And hung up. And I just... <laughs> but the guy that a minute ago that read this stuff about Bill's story like this, he felt curiously lifted up. I felt curiously lifted up all night long, all the next day, and the next evening I'm back driving through. It's 30 miles from where I live. Everything's spread out in Dallas. You got, golly, 30 miles to the Salvation Army. So I get down to the Salvation Army and I walk back in like this. And when I walk back in, I, guys, it's the weirdest thing. The largest single man I've ever seen in my life stands up in the back of the room and starts walking towards me. And he's walking a little too fast. And I'm just kind of like this, wanting to step back. And he walks a little too close. And he reaches his arm around me like this. And I'm I'm just moving out of the way. And he squeezes me. And this black man picks me up like this. And my face is right here in his chest. And my little legs are sticking out like this. They're about this far off the ground. And my legs, legs are going like this. I can't even touch the ground. And I'm thinking he'll either crush me or he'll, he'll I, I don't know. I kind of relaxed in his arms. He's got me. There ain't nothing I can do anyway. So I just relax and he hugs me like this and he sets me down. And I have never in my life felt more love and more affection from anybody. That guy could have been my mama. He just loved me to death. And after, and he, and he looks at me and he says, we've been, we've been talking about you all day and we're really excited about you being here. And I went, holy cow. How long has it been since anybody said that to me? Anybody. And so we had this, this absolutely barn burning meeting. These guys are so lathered up, they're vibrating across the floor and everybody's having a great time and we're just, it's just, but I walk out of there that night, I don't know whatever, you know, some of these guys I knew and I followed them for a little while. I don't know, but the, but I was physically changed at a gut level when I did it. Absolutely altered by the experience of doing this. And it's like, it's like when you, it's like when guys in school talk to you about sex and they, you haven't had any sex yet, you know, and, 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 but one of your friends has and they start telling you about it and you're going, you're going, no, no, kidding, really? It's like, and then somebody has pity on you and has sex with you and then, <laughs> At least in my case. <laughs> but then you look at them and you go, buddy, you didn't, you didn't tell me about that. It's just like, it's, but it's that kind of thing. It was tangible. It was real in my guts. I, I walked back into that meeting over at Primary Purpose Group and I'm sitting there and I'm looking around the room and these are my people. These are my guys. These are, we're joined at the hip and I felt connected for the first time. Really and truly connected. Because I was a part of what I had been meant to do all the time. The step says, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message of recovery to the alcoholic who still suffers. Having had a spiritual awakening, period, we tried to carry this message. That was the, the message that we were trying to carry to the drunk was that we'd had a spiritual awakening as a result of doing these steps. It was a simple deal. I'm taking on the responsibility of I got to do all of these things with these guys. And wait a minute, the step just said that I had to carry him a clear cut message of how I had a spiritual awakening. 
Pretty simple. All I had to do was just relate the experience, you see? And the result was an amazing deal. I got hooked up with this gal named Dara Vesquez that goes to our group, and she's my longtime AA buddy, and she's just an, an absolute AA goddess, just just tough as nails, sponsors 40 women, and just just a great gal. We went we went to a place called Homeward Bound one night. It had just brand new opened up, and we were sitting there like this, and we do this little talk like this. And I'm kidding you. Guys, after the meeting, I, I walked down like this, and we're walking down this hallway to get out of this place. It's a locked-down facility. And I, we walking through this these gates, and, and, and I said, Dara, did you feel that? And she said, yep. Uh, I said, are you coming back? She said, yeah, I'm coming back. And for 13 years now, we've been carrying a message down there to that wind-up place every Wednesday night and every Friday night. That's my deal. I don't give a rat's patootie if you need me or if I'm, if I'm in town, I'm there at Homeward Bound. We sponsored hundreds and hundreds of men out of that place over that period of time. And every guys that I sponsor, they're a week sober. Guess where you're coming with me? Are they up there talking to those guys? No, but they're there seeing what we do. They're there understanding the nature of the deal. As soon as you're able to put together a bit of sobriety, you're going to be up there with me talking. And there's not going to be this ambivalence. There's not going to be any of this anxiety. Well, I don't know what to say. You're going to know clearly what to say because I'm going to show you. And that's how we carry these guys through the stuff. It's 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 ridiculously simple. It's just... And yet all of us collectively over the world, we want to, if there's a thousand members in a room, you got a hundred that are willing to submit to the, pro, the process and then get out and carry the message and 900 wanting to make excuses why they can't go do it. I'm too busy. I'm too, I'm too stupid. I'm not sharp enough. I've got, I'm a Baptist. I'm gonna pick up something. I don't, everybody's got a weird idea of what to do. There was nowhere in the literature that it said, you know what, some of you guys are going to do 12-step work and some of you guys are not going to do 12-step work. The book was clear. Chapter 7, Working with Others. Why do you think Bill Wilson thought it was so important that he wrote a whole chapter, a whole chapter, nothing will ensure immunity as intensive work with other alcoholics. If your job's going south, go work with another drunk. If your relationship is going south, go work with another drunk. If you're full of anxiety and fear, go work with another drunk. I promise you guys, there is nothing, there is nothing logically that the big book has ever written that explains why that all happens. But I find it humorous that after all the effort I made to get here and to get healthy and to get clear of all the crap that stood between me and a loving God, that I would choose out of self to make all kinds of excuses why I couldn't do the very thing that would maintain my spiritual condition. Why is that? Is my arrogance that deep? Is my ego so so huge in my life that I just can't? And yet I see it time and time again. Time and time again. You'll talk to guys like this and they'll say, this is classic half-measure stuff. Some of you guys flat don't agree with me, but I'm telling you right now, it's classic half-measure stuff. Book says half-measures availed me nothing. I do the work. I begin to have a spiritual awakening that changes me on a cellular level, and then I stop. I just stand still. And I watch day by day as self reasserts itself and as I make goofy decisions and as I get in squabbles with my wife and squabbles with my employees and squabbles with everybody else, as I watch the patina build between me and a loving God, I become less and less effective. I don't want to sponsor you anymore. I don't want to be in that goofy meeting anymore. I don't want to be anywhere anymore. And the only thing I know that will fix it is work in self-sacrifice for another drunk. Go find you a woman or a man to work with. Go find somebody that's struggling. The world is full of them. They are everywhere. And they are desperate. And guess what, guys? They will die. 
Don't assume for one moment that somebody else is going to pick up the slack because there's not enough of us to do it. There are men and women out there tonight dying because they don't have anybody to tell them that there is a solution to their problem. We assume everybody in the known universe knows about Alcoholics Anonymous. Wrong. You would be amazed how many people don't have a clue what Alcoholics Anonymous is. Or how many, how many tried ten years ago and they walked into a goofy meeting and somebody shared something crazy and they said, I don't want any of this, and then they left. Always, they just went, AA doesn't work. Check. And that was their opinion. Built on contempt, that's what they did for the rest of their life. It's just crazy. It's just crazy. Alright. In a couple of minutes, i got to isolate something out here real quick. It's bad enough that men do this. It's ten times worse that there's so many women doing this. I see it, and I see it, and I see it, and it just makes me weep. The single largest question, the single most asked question in every travel that I do, regardless of what country I'm in, where I am, is how come there's no strong women in AA? How come I can't find a strong woman to carry me through this work? How come, how come we don't have any women at the Salvation Army on Wednesday night carrying this message? How come? I don't know. I mean, I could hazard a guess. Guys, I want you to man up. I want you to, I, I want every woman to realize that the responsibility is as great there as it is if you're a man. It is there. Women die horrible, tragic deaths in this deal because there's not, not, not enough women to go around. There's not enough women to say, okay, yes, I'll do that. You sponsoring one woman two years ago is not good enough. I need you to sponsor 50. I need you, seriously, I need you to be out there on the fire line doing this stuff. The fellowship, our whole sanctity of this fellowship revolves around you being willing to do that. And the moment you step up to the plate and take that responsibility, everything will change. It will change in your life. It will change in the life of the fellowship itself. Feel duly spanked? Well, sorry, that's okay. I just get, I just get tore up because I've got a wife and three daughters. And I just am connected at the hip with women in this program. And it pains me no end to see women come in, get all fired up, get all, uh, yeah, this is good stuff. And then watch them drift sideways. And then pretty soon they're gone. They met some hairy leg guy at a meeting and they just, you know, <laughs> they're, they're at home cooking chicken with hairs all over it and, and, and he's out at an AA meeting. And I'm going, hey, tell him to cook his own damn chicken with hair on it. I mean, it just, come on, we need you there. For each and every one of you that I met, thank you. Thank you. For each and every one of you that's here, God bless you for staying. Thank you. For each and every one of you that are uncomfortable with the things that I say, I apologize. My job is not to make you feel uncomfortable. My job, trust me, is to love you as much as I can, and I do. But it's like a father with a little bitty kid. I, I'm simply... I'm simply passionate about the idea of you discovering your fullness in this fellowship. Everything that is good that is there for you, and the only thing that stands between you and that fullness is your own arrogance and your own ego. And we get that taken care of and out of the way, guess what? It's all good, buddy. It's all good. Thanks a bunch, man. I appreciate it. Information about the annual Melbourne AA Steps Weekend is available from www.stepsweekend.aagroup.org.au Thanks for letting me share.